Greg, how are you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, Clyde. Yeah, man. So, you know, after the the two, the highs and the sort of high of Game Week 2, uh, you know, let's see if we can continue it going and keep it going in Game Week 3. And, 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 and ho- just imagine if there's another average score, you know, if the average points in Game Week 3 is exceeding 50 again, I think that would be quite insane. Right? Oh, man, it would be brilliant. It would, it would just mean that there have been goals in the games and good good football to watch. But I think if we once we get that uh, inevitable twenty to thirty game week uh, average point score, I think the, I think we might have a few new managers deleting their teams. They, they'll, they'll never have seen it before. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's you know new players. They think, man, this is so easy. What what are these guys getting worked up over doing all these podcasts, these YouTube channels, all of these <laughs> things? So much of data, rich information. You know, where do these guys create websites with stats or whatever? We're just picking teams, random players, the players that we like, and they're all scoring. So so what's so difficult about it? Yeah, it's an easy game. We just score 100 points every week. <laughs> I mean, come on. Funny enough, like, though, you know, I said the average was, what, 56? I, I got 71, and I still saw a red arrow. Can you believe it? Eh? Yeah, that is brutal. That yeah. is very brutal. It was a small red arrow, but... Not that I'm worried about that so early in the season, but it's just such a weird one where, you know, it just shows how, you know, having a few, like West Ham players, for example, has just changed the the, the whole shape of, of how, uh, I mean, two weeks in a row, you could say it's the West Ham uh, players who have kind of just boosted the scores, which is makes it quite insane. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so looking ahead at the... At this upcoming week's fixture so the first up we've got you know clash of titans manchester city versus arsenal that should be a cracking game you know so yeah uh, i'm not sure you can call it a clash of titans anymore i don't think uh, arsenal currently uh, fit that ball but uh, i think it, i think yeah i think it's actually going to be an easy fixture for city on on recent form and on a paper it, it just uh, looks like it yeah and and arsenal are such a mess at the moment i mean we we covered it in the previous episode as well where they're in such disarray right now they look so disjointed i mean I, honestly i wish i if i had a nailed on city asset in my team i'd i'd generally consider just putting a triple captaincy on and, and just go with it and and i'm not saying that ironically i mean i, I seriously mean it because yeah. i feel it could be a, a real bloodbath over there because arsenal look like such a mess at the moment and so you know famous last words watch watch them go and win one nil now and then just mess <laughs> up everybody so, it yeah. always seems to happen like that but yeah i've got mores in my team and obviously i was disappointed he got benched last week but there's an, i see no reason against a te- an arsenal team at home that you know if he starts I, expe- I would expect him to do really well and i think if you if you if you're playing pe- pep roulette and you've got one of the city players in your team you've just got to hope that they start and it should be a good fixture for them so would you consider putting the captaincy on Mahrez in that game i, w- I wouldn't risk captaincy um you know i've, I've got under, under under my captain picks for for the week city are ranked second um very very slightly behind spurs um, oh, because Spurs play Watford. That's right. Spurs yeah. play Watford at home, and that's that's the best picture. But it's it's so marginal. Um, I think I think I wouldn't risk it it's just because of game time. You know, you want you want your captain to play ninety minutes to get those bonus points to have every opportunity to to score you as many points as possible. And I think with with Spurs, you know, if Sun is fit, you've got Sun, you've got Kane. If you if you manage, can manage to bring him back into your into your team. 
But I think the, possibly the, the form option is West Ham in third place. You've got uh, Mikel Antonio, who could be the you know the real form pick for mm, that's for an interesting one against week. Crystal Palace. Well, yeah, they've, they've got Crystal Palace yeah. at home, and you know they they certainly look like a team full of goals. Uh, I think they're five players in that team: Fornals, Ben Rama, uh, Antonio. You've got um, you know just all these guys that are just basically lining up to to score goals. So yeah, I think I think Antonio would would. I think my gamble pick would be Antonio and my, my sort of head and data pick would be would be Sun. Interesting one. So here's a stat for the City and Arsenal game. City have the second highest XG and uh, Arsenal have the second the third highest expected goals conceded. So if you want to talk about a you yeah. know a, a perfect attacking fixture for City. For City, is, for sure, and defensive fixture. I mean, Arsenal just haven't and haven't, haven't looked like scoring yeah. a goal. So yeah. all round fixture, all round, this looks an amazing fixture to have City players in your team. So, so an interesting stat for you: if Arsenal don't score against City, then they're going to have to choose their goal of the month from their uh, training ground uh, practices. Uh, because they haven't scored a goal yet, so <laughs> I've seen that bouncing around yeah. social media, and every time I read it, I'm like, man, people are so <laughs> brutal. But yeah, I I can't see them scoring. So look, yeah, they have to. Oh, hopefully, they scored some good goals in training there because they they definitely <laughs> gonna need it. I think okay? exactly. Yeah. So and then um, the the fixture that you predicted to 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 bring fireworks didn't necessarily live up to the bullying last week but still gave us two goals from, yeah and one from danny ings so obviously unfortunately got, none from newcastle but yeah none uh, from newcastle yeah and newcastle still obviously bad ex- expected goals conceded but next up obviously villa playing brentford now brentford have looked obviously they beat arsenal in the first game they looked defensively solid against Palace but then Palace don't have the best attacking output at the moment yeah. so this probably will be their biggest test defensively yeah I think th- I think this is a good fixture for uh, Aston Villa both again both attacking and defensively I think if you've got Mings in your side you're going to be very happy I think you can expect you know hopefully a clean sheet and maybe some at- attacking outputs and you know if you've got some of the Villa attackers Danny Ings then you're also very happy. So there's no reason to do anything. I wouldn't be transferring uh, Villa assets in just because their their fixtures from here on get much much more difficult. They've got Chelsea, United, and Spurs in in four weeks. Um, you know, with with Everton in there as well. So I think this is the last real good fixture for Villa for a while. Uh, keep your Villa assets and then look to uh, offload them in game week four, possibly when they play Chelsea. Yeah, and look with with Ings and Mings, you know the headlines even write itself. So the fact that <laughs> you know Mings assisted Ings last week was was just quite you know comedy gold, if you want to call it that. <laughs> So yeah, so look, I suppose at the moment, you know, I haven't been looking at Brentford players, if I must be honest. I mean, I think I, we spoke about it during preseason, where, you know, initially I, I really had Tony high up my list, but after that, with, with so many good options emerging, it just didn't feel worth it anymore. Yeah, it's just it's just not worth backing these promoted sides until you see it in the Premier League, in the you know, see them perform, see those points being being accumulated by the players and then you know then you can make that decision but I think taking a gamble on them based on championship form 
it's it's going to end badly. So that, that was a good call. I, I also didn't go Tony. I think that was another one of the big traps preseason was was everyone bringing Tony in. Um, I don't, you know, I think I think it's a wait and see. Let's see how he does. Yeah, Once their their fixtures start improving again, um, you know, against some of the weaker teams, let's see how they perform there uh, before we, you know, even consider any of their players. Yeah, no, sure, definitely. And uh, I suppose, look, it could be famous last words. I said the same thing last season, and then Bamford went and scored a hat trick against Villa, and then, <laughs> you know, uh, and that was it, really. You know, after that, he uh, just didn't stop scoring. <laughs> I, I still remember teasing my brother-in-law at the beginning of last season <laughs> because he had Bamford in his team, and and at a bra, I think a whole family was literally looked like, you know, teasing him. How can you put Bamford? And he was the most useless striker. How could you put this guy? And I mean, the guy was like one of the top scoring forwards for the season. So yeah. you can get it so wrong, but it's—I mean—you're not going to be making a mistake if you wait, wait four or five game weeks, see that he's a proven asset, and then bring him in. Yeah, sure, definitely. And uh, so next up is is a team, two teams that we've spoken about quite regularly on, on you know, on on these podcasts, Brighton and Everton. Now. I'm interested in this game specifically because both teams have started off fairly well. Uh, with Everton, they've kind of exceeded expectations, at least with, for, for you and I specifically. You know, we, we didn't expect much of them. Brighton are, are finally looking like they're serious about defying XG for a change. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this fixture. I think it looks an interesting one on paper, but... On the other hand, it could just become a no-no. So yeah, I, I, I think this is not going to be high-scoring. I could be proven wrong, but um, I think you know, on, on on my model sort of suggests that for Brighton, it's a an average attacking fixture. Uh, Everton attacking-wise, it's it's obviously a bad bad fixture because Brighton's defence is so highly ranked. Um, and then you know, if, from a defensive point of view, I think for Brighton it's a good fixture, and for Everton it's an average fixture. So I think the likelihood of very few goals, I think it's going to, you know, a lot of people own own uh, Calvert-Lewin. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can uh, get through the Brighton defence. A lot of people have Brighton defenders. So uh, it's one of those where, you know, people are sort of hoping that if Everton do score, that it's Calvert-Lewin, if they've got, got, got a mix of all of those in their side. Yeah, exactly. Oh, some crazy stuff happens, like, you know, where Sanchez makes eight saves in the game and gives you two points extra and Calvert-Lewin scores or some ridiculous outcome <laughs> yeah. that us FPL exactly. managers play out in our heads like you know so yeah uh, but but yeah look I, I was looking at that then I'm, I feel like it's such a pity that I don't have Joel Feltman in my team because he'll miss the game because of he's still isolating but I would have liked to have him in this fixture because I I I see, like you said, it, it, it's possibly low scoring, but at the same time, because of that over there, I have my, my players playing against difficult teams. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I think it, it's, it, it's created a bit of a conundrum for me there at the moment. But yeah, I, I, think, I think it'll be a good game for a lot of people even doubled up on Brighton defenders as well. So I think they might see some points over there. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I would back Brighton defensively. I think I think that's it's it's a good fixture for them. Um, I think you know hopefully they get that clean sheet. Yeah. Now this next fixture should be. I want to to I don't want to jinx it, but they look so 
okay, Southampton were much more improved against Manchester United, mm. but they, they, Newcastle and Southampton still have one of the worst defenses in the league, and but they're not scoring that much either. So could this be the game where could could Newcastle be our entertainers this season? They didn't do it last week, but they did it in no. the first week, and now against Southampton. I hope so because I'm I'm a Wilson owner, so I'm hoping that uh, you know he he shines through in this game and Saint Maximum just makes you know breaks some more ankles like he did in, in game week one. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's interesting. Southampton, you know, their defence is not looking great, but I thought Livermento, uh, who's who's probably the one of the better four four million bench fodder offers off, um, options at the moment. Um, he's in my team and. And because of that, I was watching uh, a little bit more closely when he was playing, and he actually looks like a decent player. So I think as a defence as a whole, you, you don't really want to be starting Southampton defenders. But as a four million bench fighter option, he's he doesn't look like uh, yeah. like a bad player. Definitely. And talking about four million ben- bench fighter options, we 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 spoke about Brighton and Everton, and I forgot to mention Shane Duffy. So it yes. looks like he'll be playing long term because. Um, is it Dan Burn? Is Dan Burn? Yeah, Dan Burn mm. is injured at the moment, and uh, he's he's looking to be out for like close to two months or something like that. And uh, I mean, Duffy's come back from nowhere. You know, he was gone out on loan last season, and now he's yeah. back playing in there. So he, he could is, be but I, I think when when Feltman's back, is he not? Uh, does he not go to the bench? I don't know because if you look at it, it's it's almost like um, Duffy's partnering Dunk uh, at centre half. Yeah. And they've actually had Solly March and Pascal Gross play at left back over the two games because they've had, so because they have they've had uh, because Lamptey is injured and Dan Byrne is injured and Ben White is left, so you you they've they're a bit short there at the moment. So Duffy's come in to cover at centre half because Dan Byrne is is injured mm. and uh, and because there's no left backs because Feltman is isolating at the moment. You have had midfielders playing there. Yeah, look, I think I mean I haven't I haven't looked at the lineups in depth, but I have a feeling that Feltman back could could cause some issues there for for Duffy. But if he does continue to start, I mean, as long as Dan Burn if Dan Burns out for ages, then uh, yeah, four million, what a brilliant option. I think actually it's four point one or four point two now, so we yeah, missed the four million vote, but gone still, up slightly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think I mean if he, if you're pretty confident that he's going to get a couple months of, of game time. That, that's when Brighton's fixtures are the best anyway, because they start to drop off quite considerably, um, I think from around game week six. So yeah, if you can, get, if, he, if he's nailed on, then that's for sure a great option. Now here's, here's something, and we, we obviously we will get to Liverpool in a moment, but Timikas is now 4.2. So for us who have him since day one, and, and can sell him, offload him for 4.1, would you consider pulling the trigger so you can bank the point one? I wouldn't. I would only do it when you need to. So the thing about, you know, if you let's say you came into game week three and you've got two transfers in the bank and there are no real changes that you need to make to your team and you're going to lose a transfer because you can only carry a maximum of two transfers. Yeah. That's that's ideally when you want to do the Simicus to someone else move to, to bank that, that gain because... 
people were still buying Simicast this week, and I mean, uh, that's just FPL for you. It just, just shows you how, how badly informed the general public are. Because yeah, yeah, sure. People are, he, he rose in price because people are all bringing him in because they see he got 11 points. And, uh, and then he won't play this he's weekend. Not gonna, and then he's plummeting not going to play this weekend, and or it's very unlikely that he plays. So, and that's when the plummet happens. So, if you can afford to get him out and not waste the transfer doing it, then then for sure it's a it's a good option. Otherwise, bank that transfer, and when you need to do it, you can track the price rises and pack price falls. And if you if you want to bank that gain, awesome, you can do it later on. For me, if he goes back down to four million, as long as I don't lose money on him. He was a great two-week option. So yeah, sure. I, I I agree with you there. You know, and and that's why I put the question out there because I imagine that's what a lot of people, especially more casual FPL players, will be thinking. Okay, you know what? He's got a price rise now. Let's get him out. But for but when I'm making transfers, I want to bring in a a player who I'm fairly confident he's going to go into my team and actually play. If I'm going to be go and bring in a four, 4 million defender who's not going to start a game or who's just going to get me one or two points, then I just don't feel the need. And like you say, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, I, I already told you I used one of my free transfers and I brought in Dyer. If I didn't need to make those changes and I, and, and I wasn't going to burn a transfer, then I would have probably pulled the trigger and brought in a 4 million, like maybe yeah. a Livramento, just to do so that I can bank the point one. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, think I, that, I don't think it's a must. And I, yeah. I think a lot of people are still making the mistake of, of being fixated on team value and chasing all the rises. And, you know, I, I had a, a mate of mine who brought in uh, a Brentford defender after game week one because he thought their price was going to rise. And... And that was his sole reason, just, you know, for team value. And th- th- those days in FPL are gone. Like the price rises and price falls are a lot more muted. Um, and I don't yeah, think you need yeah. to pay as much attention to it. There, there were five seasons ago, there was a season where it was absolutely ridiculous. Players were going up 0.3 every single week, like multiple, multiple, multiple players. I mean, some guys even had a strategy of taking the wild card over the international break. So that for those two weeks, they could literally get 11 people to to gain in value enough that during their wild card they could make an extra 1.1 million um or even even more if they if there were more players in, in, yeah, out of their yeah. 15 player squad um that's just not happening anymore it's very rare that we even see a point two rise in a week and that's like if a player really is like informing and, and getting transferred in so I, I think worry less about team value you can be a bit defensive on the team drops and usually it, it sort of coincides with a team that's out of form anyway um so you know in my case it's ben white i don't want to see a price drop i don't trust the arsenal defense it's a combination of all of those things that are making me want to get rid of him uh, even though i don't want to make a defensive transfer and ultimately I, it's it's about points on the board <laughs> really but i'll give you a good example yeah. um you know Jimenez, uh raul Jimenez from wolves i had to i had to bring him in last week uh just for my team planning because uh, Watkins wasn't going to play. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring him in, him in in game week four. But now he's potentially going to drop in price. But, you know, he's a player that I'm looking to have for possibly 10 weeks plus. Any craziness that happens because the Wolves fixtures are just so great. So if he drops in price, I'm not going to transfer him out before that happens and then look to transfer him back in later on or, or twist to a different player. He's part of my plan. I'm quite happy to take that. I'm not happy, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep him in and take that 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 hit in price, hoping that o- over the next, you know, ten weeks, 
you can show his value and, and, and get that price that price back. Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about of having a plan over three, four, five, six game weeks. When when you're bringing in a player, you you know that you want to keep him. So just because his play, price is dropping, you're not going to say, oh, okay, you know what, now Nija, get him out of the team or whatever. Because the likelihood is that he can drop to 7.4 he'll end up banging for three weeks in a row, whatever it is, and then you'll end up getting a price increase out of him anyway. So exactly. it's kind of... Before you yeah. know it, you'll be at 7.7, .7, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, yeah I, think, I think you can be defensive with guys that, are, that, that maybe were wrong options or, or, you know, that the teams just aren't showing the form that, you, that you'd hoped. But I wouldn't be... You know, I'd say the key thing is don't, don't chase those price rises. Bring a player into your team if, if it makes sense, fixture-wise, if it makes sense for your squad balance, um and don't pay too much you know maybe time those transfers during the week to to make sure you don't like, miss out you know if, if you know you're bringing a player in try and bring them in before they rise in price obviously that's you know that's just common sense but yeah. so don't chase it for for players that you don't that don't really add any value to your team yeah exactly and which is why i pulled the trigger early because you know if, if ben white dropped in price i would have been priced out of eric dyer that that was just simple fact you know and exactly i, I was stressing about the same thing like yesterday as well and luckily i'm, a, I'm a, a late night owl and they um quite late in the evening they changed his flag which which actually changed the it made it a lot more difficult for him to drop in price um i think it was either last night or the night before um, and, and then so I just thought, okay, well, I've got more time now before he does drop. Let me let me see if I can just wait for some more team news. Wait yeah, for, yeah. you know, watch the West Ham game, make sure that there are no injuries in the West Ham game. Uh, things like that where, like, you know, you make an early transfer, you start sweating. Oh, yeah, I, I made it just after the West Ham game because, yeah. you know, I'd watched the West Ham game. Oh, well, sorry, no, I didn't watch it. I, I'd just seen the, you know, I, I was looking at the live scoring or whatever. And then after that, I was like, okay, fine. Everybody's come through clean from this year. Let me pull the trigger now and, and do it. In fact, every the the you know that that price change website. I think it it's called FPL Statistics, which is quite amazing. It doesn't look very nice, but it's it's just so informative that I go back mm -hmm. and use it all the time. And uh, they it were so many people trying to get onto it that the the website was stalled you couldn't get on so <laughs> well there, there's another one as well um fantasy football fix also does yeah I, I, and, and i've used them before yeah, yeah so you know i, I uh, but it's just that you know I, I find the 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 fpl statistics one just so lightweight you know to, mm. to run at times but yeah, yeah. either way i, I said look, look you know what there's, there's lots of places you can get the info but you yeah, yeah. just just have it at, have it just in, especially for your squad just to track what's going on exactly yeah i think for, for in my case i knew that i was always going to be at least one player short so it just it didn't make sense to wait any long i just pulled yeah. the trigger and and, yeah. and got my signing done and you've yeah. got that golden extra transfer sitting there as well uh, and so. i got that golden extra transfer <laughs> that hopefully and then and now i'll have to sweat over price rises during the <laughs> during the international break and hope that i um, <laughs> that, that, that whoever whichever players i want i don't end up getting priced out of yeah, because exactly. i don't want to have to make early transfers during the international break as well yeah true yeah so let's the next fixture looking at it is norwich versus leicester so leicester have been kind of like a wet blanket this season very underwhelming I just don't know don't know what to make of them right now they picked up a red card against west ham 
mm-hmm. and then you know they look I still I mean they they still managed to score whatever against Wolves they scored a goal never looked completely convincing the numbers don't look great they just look like a complete avoid at the moment yeah I have to agree I I had Harvey Barnes in a lot of my drafts preseason and I and I do think he's a he's a great player but Leicester as a team just they just seem a bit out of form um, I think that's probably the best way to describe it and uh, you think they're carrying the hangover of missing out on top four again possibly from last season yeah that could be it and, and uh, you know again this you know I think Madison's not not the happiest of campers in the in the in the Leicester squad um, so who knows you know who, who knows where they all their heads are at but I would at the moment I wouldn't be bringing in Leicester assets I think from a defensive and attacking point of view they're just an avoid at the moment let's wait and see what they do against Norwich hopefully they can you know if you're a Harvey Barnes owner I don't think you're going to be taking him out with with uh, or Vardy owner you're going to be taking them out with uh, Norwich to come but if they don't do well against Norwich I think uh, then you're going to have to start making some decisions because they've got uh, they've got City next week at home and and then Brighton the week after and those are your two of your bit you know your top five defensive teams so if they don't perform against Norwich, it's very unlikely they're going to perform against those teams. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would be I'd be holding for one more week and then and then possibly getting rid of if they don't if they don't show any returns. Yeah. And as far as Norwich are concerned, there's nothing there's no, no numbers to justify even talking about them at the moment. They're just a no-go zone right now. Yeah. They just the they just look a little bottom better. of the pile at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, they're a team that I've looked to just target for captaincy and stuff at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the the team of the moment, West Ham, you know, I've never been the greatest fan of West Ham for some reason. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is about them that I that I don't particularly like, but I but I, I can't help but just enjoy watching them at the moment. So yeah, West they, Ham and they really are playing. They're playing fantastic football yeah. at the moment, um, and, and there's just so many options to choose from. That's what I like. Their, their midfield. I mean, Antonio is just a must own at the moment. Ben Rama seems like he, he he could be in that category too. Um, and then you've still got a couple of other players that, that, that you know, Fornells, Sufal, Cresswell. These are all great FPL options at the moment. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I mean, we spoke about it during preseason and we said, okay, maybe the defense is a bit of an avoid, which so far has proven to be true. But I must say, you know, West Ham as a unit, you know, last season, when 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 did they when did Moyes go back to West Ham? It was towards the end of the previous season, you know, and he kind of st- steadied them. And, I, you know, when, when we looked at how well they played last season, we said, okay, you know what, this is a, the... They, they look good but and now they seem to carry on the season and and they really look a great prospect as well yeah. yeah I think I think let's expect more goals hopefully from West Ham yeah and then you know we, we briefly touched on Crystal Palace in the previous episode as well they're looking a bit more uh, tight defensively but I suppose this is going to be their biggest challenge well okay to be fair they played Chelsea first up uh, yeah. which I forgot well, about that, but it, it could be a bigger challenge the way uh, Antonio is firing them in at the moment yeah that's so, true as well yeah but I think yeah let's let's see how they go I think I think they'll struggle against West Ham to keep a clean sheet. Uh, and, and looking at West Ham, you know, they, they've got an XG of, let's have a look over here, 5.26. And they've scored eight goals. So l- j- just that alone tells you 
that you know they, i mean look that's such a the yeah. it's the highest xg you know even higher than man city at the moment who scored mm. five in one game yeah. and uh, yeah they, they're creating great chances as well which means that yeah they, this could be uh you know uh, quite uh, and is so a captaincy punt in that game would you would you consider it yeah i think antonio for sure is a, a good captain captain punt this week i think if you're not going um if you're not going for uh kane or son then i think antonio would be the next guy on my list i i, I wouldn't be you know salah's your your guy that you can captain every single week but He's playing against the best fe- uh, yeah, defense in the league. That would be unnecessary um, at this moment. Yeah, to, just, to go that I, way. I, I'm not saying Salah's not going to score, but I think the 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 ceiling's low. The best EV move is for sure going uh, a Spurs player or Antonio for 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 West Ham. Yeah, and 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 you, it's it, it's uh, quite ironic you mentioned Kane because whether he's playing for City or for Spurs, it's still a good captaincy option. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay and then uh, yeah the, the the fixture of the weekend i suppose the the two unbeaten teams looking brilliant at the moment both haven't yeah. conceded liverpool versus chelsea so yeah I, again I, I agree with you over there though salah actually has a decent record against chelsea if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. he's got a he's got a very good record and i think yeah. because liverpool are at home yeah, it's definitely it's still a good attacking fixture, uh, you know, according to my model. Um, for for Chelsea, it's an average fixture because they got that's Liverpool away, not the tightest defensively, um, but I think it's very difficult to go to Anfield and get and get something out of the game. So I think, you know, this season I just have this feeling that these big games are, are going to decide the league and decide the top four. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a much a lot closer. Um, fought uh, league as, as a whole and I think Liverpool, Chelsea um, City and and Man United are going to be the four teams really like going at it for those top four spots um, and I think these big games are going to be key and I think uh, yeah yeah. I also think that too because I mean if you you know I, especially you know for the last few years I think I always said, okay, you know what, to, to win the league, because the, there's one or two standout teams, you're going to have to score like 90, 95 plus to, to, to win. And then last season, I said, okay, you know what, if you can hit 90, you'd probably win the league because the fact that all the teams started so slow. And then even 90, and 90 would have definitely been enough, right? Mm. The what, What's good about the, this season is that you could realistically see four teams who definitely have the potential to hit 90 points. It's obviously. Well, I, I think I think 80 points could win it this this year, but just because of how many points. Yeah, I, I, I think 82, 83, 84 yeah. might just be enough to uh, yeah. uh, to to win the league as well, which would be quite quite exciting as well. Yeah. So um, I mean, look, yeah, we we're looking at two of the statistically. Well, actually, Chelsea have the best defensive numbers. You know, um, expected goals conceded wise, Liverpool sitting in tenth at the moment. So, obviously, because you know they had uh, against Norwich, they gave away one good chance, which Pookie fired straight at Allison. It was a fairly tight angle at the end, and then there was a brilliant save from Allison at the end against Burnley, which was, uh, yeah, which which had my heart in my mouth for for <laughs> for a second over there. But yeah, we we ended up uh, keeping the clean sheet over there. But I suppose it just shows the value of having a a top quality keeper who can keep you in the game in those crucial moments and 
and i'm thinking you know we we seem to because we play such a high line and we and 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 our defenders are so integral to our attacking play as well i wouldn't be surprised to see us giving away one or two chances against chelsea as well but um yeah i suppose Allison is going to have to 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 be uh, on his game again yeah look it's going to be it's going to be a cracker game i think you you you're certainly not going to be benching any of your liverpool assets if you've got Salah and you've got uh, Trent um you know those guys for sure you're going to want them in your team that they still have the potential to score points against Chelsea uh, I think Tsimakas's time is up I think Robertson will, will will be back yeah and then from the Chelsea side you know Lukaku uh, is looking fantastic. Uh, I think a lot of people are waiting until game week seven when Chelsea's fixtures really turn really incredible uh, to bring Chelsea assets in. And uh, I think one really worth mentioning is uh, James as as a a right back for Chelsea. He looked fantastic. He was amazing. He he was brilliant and and really seemed to be working the overlap with Lukaku holding the ball up in the the middle. It's like him and Trent. That's that's exactly when you watch players like them. They're so exciting to watch, especially as fullbacks. They look engaged. You know, they, they look good for clean sheets. They look good for attacking returns. They just look such complete players, you know. Uh, as FPL assets specifically, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well, and uh, I've definitely got Reese James on my wish list as well. Yeah, I think Lukaku and, and James for sure. Yeah, are on my plans for game week seven. So I suppose if if you if you're desperate, you could captain Salah, but if you're not, stay away from him for this weekend. Yeah, there's never a bad captain option. You can you can never captain Salah and go, oh, that was a mistake. So. You know, I think it's just you, know, you you always want to just go for the for the decision that makes the most sense, uh, or I go for the decision that makes the most sense mathematically. Um, like we said, that's that Spurs, then City, then then West Ham in terms of teams. Um, but you can't go wrong captaining Salah. And the thing the thing about when you make these captain decisions, you, you can't be results orientated. You can't look back and go, ah, oh, that was a mistake because they didn't score any points. Like last week, captaining Salah was a mistake because he only scored three points. And that's just not true you know there's always going to be the variance and you can't you can't rely on on the result to decide whether it was a good decision exactly i mean if you're looking at the result and then you take out of context the fact that he was probably centimeters away from scoring from that from that goal exactly so yeah yeah. and 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 on another day that like you say a goal and assist ends up becoming like what 15 20 points extra if you're captaining Mm -hmm. and then yeah, and then the yeah. bonus points and you know everything everything you know, exactly just sort of yeah accumulates yeah yeah and uh so let's get to sunday's fixtures and then we've got burnley and leeds now burnley have the did i say do they have the worst uh, no they have the second worst marginally second worst expected goals conceded so obviously newcastle are 4.52 but burnley's expected goals conceded is 4.51 and they've conceded exactly four goals so they they they're conceding on par with their expected goals conceded but which is quite strange because generally they've been known as a team which are fairly stingy you know defensively and they just don't look it anymore especially since last season yeah they don't they don't look good and i think uh, i think attacking and defensively i think i've got zero, zero bernie players on my watch list i think for me just a clear avoid um, there's not really much to say. I think they're one of the worst defenses, one of the worst attacks. You just, you just got so many other options at the moment. 
yeah exactly and uh, but leads however so um, you know they 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 on brand this season you know in a, you know wild wild results all over the place mm-hmm. but they uh, yeah they let's see they look to be they seventh on the list for expected goals conceded obviously largely inflicted by um, well actually the, the the expected goals conceded was actually lower against Manchester United compared to Everton Everton had a higher xg against them which is which That's is quite crazy. fascinating yeah, yeah. and uh, yet it, it just shows a fine margins but the the numbers show that they've conceded seven times again mm. i suppose we take it with a pinch of salt at the moment because it's only two games and uh, they looked okay attacking wise as well you know I yeah, keep they, on. They didn't, they didn't look amazing. Yeah. But um, look, I think, I mean, Leeds have, have obviously Burnley this week and then, they, and then they've got Liverpool in game week four. And then after that, their fixtures get really good. Yeah. So if you've yeah. got if you've got a, a Rafinha or a Bamford, you know, they're not going anywhere. Your, their fixtures are going to be so good from game week five. Um, and a, a fixture against Burnley is another great one. So I would be targeting those two guys. I think Rafinha um, and Bamford target the attackers for now. Um, Defenders, when those fixtures really start to look good, I think you could start looking at Ailing or Meslier yeah, in, in yeah. goals. I think those those are two other options that that, that are looking good. Um, but let's yeah, let's see how the defense goes against Burnley. Hopefully they can start to tighten up there on that side of it. Yeah, looking at Leeds XG numbers, they're sitting at 1.66 and they've scored three goals. So yeah, I, I think you know, I mean, I, I suppose that's probably down to Rafinha's finish alone, which was so amazing. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with you there in terms of just holding on to Leeds players. I mean. I, like I mentioned already in a previous episode where I brought in Rafinha, I saw that okay he has the difficult fixture against Manchester United but then he's got Everton which was a middling fixture and then he scored there and then now there's Burnley which is a, a, a good fixture and and so you look I, at 6.5 million if if I'm having a player returning like two out of four games I'm okay with that you know. Yeah that's brilliant and uh, I think Rafinha is he, he's just such a good option at, at his price point. I think that I think that's what makes him a better option over Bamford this season is that Bamford's 8 million um, and he's now competing in the, in the price bracket similar with Antonio, uh, Calvert-Lewin, um, Ings, you know there's, he's got some stiff competition so yeah. I think in terms of a out and out favorite for for Leeds I think Rafinha is for sure the option well he's criminally underpriced I yeah. think both him and maybe Luke Shaw I, I could say is probably in that underpriced bracket as well mm. so you know I, I have to always ask this question I'm probably going to ask it every single week when we do these uh, when we do these preview shows right but if you're feeling extra, extra spicy, you know, extra hot sauce, and you want to go with a Leeds captaincy option against such a poor Burnley defense, do you think it's, if you are pushed into a corner, is it worth it? I, I wouldn't do it personally. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, don't, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think, you know, let's have a look at the, the actual numbers. I mean, it's only, it's only an average um, attacking fixture. Burnley away uh, is what the model spits out. So although Burnley's defense is, is not great, when you look at the numbers, it's not even close to the fixtures of you know of West Ham, Spurs, City, 
Liverpool. Yeah, there, there's I, just I would, so would many captain, options. Yeah. I would captain Salah every day of the week over over a Leeds player. No, no, um, I, I, I get you there. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> not for me. No, no hot sauce on this one. <laughs> and then the, the 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 fixture that we definitely have our eyes on for captaincy now is what you've been speaking about: Spurs versus Watford. Now. As you know, I have Son in my team. You have Son in your team as well, right? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah. So, is the captaincy armband going on Son if he's fit? That's the question. It's all, is he fit? And I think that's what it's going to... My decision is going to come down to that. If Son's fit um, and he gets the all clear, then he's going to be my captain, no doubt about it. Um, if he's not, then I then I think I'm going to go with Antonio. I think let's go with the, go with the form player. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's really, really. A, a, a Antonio is a very good pick. Yeah, I must say, it's like you know, it's it's that typical. You know, um, what what's a, there's a terminology that I, that's just slipped me now. But you know, the psychology around it, where you think, okay, Antonio scored two games in a row. Surely he can't score in a third game. You know, so I won't captain him this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like on the roulette wheel when 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 yeah. it comes black seven times in a row, and then you go, okay, well it has to be red this time i'm going to put all my money and on it red comes and then it comes black, black again, again. And, it, and the next five are black and the, you know what every single spin is 50 percent and um you know that that's the thing that people have to realize is even though i think i think in football when you're in form these players tend tend to do well every single week and uh, and form is a beautiful thing you know they always say form form over fixtures even um and so and when it comes to attackers who are, who are generally have an element of fixture-proofness yeah. as well. Yeah, it's form it, over fixtures with yeah. attackers. Yeah, with with attackers, you can just you can just put these guys in, and, and I would I would love to be able to captain Son. I'm hoping that he's fit. Um, that was the reason, one of the big reasons that I had him in my squad from the beginning is because game week three was always going to be tricky when it came to captaincy, um, and Spurs always looked like 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 the best option for for game week three. So let's hope he's fit, and then the decision's easy. Yeah, I, I must admit, like my my strategy around captaincy is generally to rotate it around my premiums, which was generally like in previous seasons it'll be like a Salah, De Bruyne, or Sterling, you know, whoever I or, or Sadio Mane or whoever it was who I had in my team. And yeah, you, you have to justify the price tag of those players. Yeah, and captaincy is yeah. a big part of that. Exactly. So I I, I tried to tend not to veer too much away from it but i had the odd fixtures like where i'll captain like gareth bale last season or whatever and it sometimes it works sometimes it kind of bombs but look i suppose any player can blank on, on a specific game week you know but uh specifically for 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 this one yeah i'm i'm i i have to say based on what i've seen so far like you say you can't ignore Mikhail Antonio as a captaincy option for this. No, week. no, you you can't. And I think there's a big difference when when we jokingly say let let's punt on Antonio. I think the numbers are still there as well when it comes to West Ham. Yeah, they, the numbers they, are they amazing. have the third. Yeah. They have the third best fixture. City are very difficult to to pick a player. So basically, you you left between Son. You don't know if Kane is necessarily going to start. Is he going to be benched again? So you kind of left with Son and Antonio. So I don't think Antonio is much of a punt. I think the the real punts are actually generally mistakes. And, and you know people take yeah, these sure. punts along along the season. And you know like you spoke about, do I punt a Leeds player? Do I do this? And sometimes they work. And and the, and you always it's almost like in when I was playing poker, you 
you never remember the hands you win. You always remember the hands you lose. In <laughs> FPL, it's almost the opposite. In FPL, when you when you pick a punt captain, you always remember. Ah, oh, remember the day I picked Coleman and he was playing this team and he, and then that he was ends a defender up shaping and your, he scored your psychology a goal and, as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's it's just a mistake. You know, if you do it a hundred times, you, you're going to show a much worse result than than. And, and that's how you have to think about it. If I had to do it not for one game week, if if the next hundred game weeks that I chose were all this fixture or these fixtures, would I choose them a hundred times out of a hundred? And you just you end up saying no, I can't. That would just be ridiculous. Like I would, I'd be so far behind if we if we had the set of fixtures a hundred times and everyone else was captaining Son, and I'm captaining Bamford from Leeds or or even bigger punts, you know, one of the defenders or you know something like that. Then you're just going to be miles behind at the end of those hundred yeah, simulations, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah, no, sure, uh, definitely, I'm I'm with you there. And then the last fixture, which is uh, Wolves and Man United now. Wolves, I don't know what to make of them at the moment. You know, I'm obviously not sure, still too small of a sample size, I suppose. But they've got the fixture turn after from game week four. Now, in this fixture, we obviously have Bruno up against Wolves. And mm. obviously, I have Bruno. And the question is, okay, well, Liverpool versus Chelsea, you wouldn't want to be captaining Salah there necessarily. Even though you say, okay, you know what, you can almost like, if in doubt, Captain Salah type of thing. And then you've got Son. Now, a lot of people may not have Son. And, well, okay, there's the option of Antonio. But if you're thinking, okay, let's put the captaincy on Bruno here, do you think it could be worth the, the shout here? I, I, don't, I think it's still a good fixture for, for United attackers. Um, it's, it's, Numbers-wise, it's, it's, it's slightly below the, the Liverpool-Chelsea fixture, interestingly enough. So... I, I would still be I'd be going solo over Fernandez, um, interestingly. Um, so I think I think Bruno, if 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 you're out of options and Bruno's sort of down down the list of your options, he he's still a good option. But I, I would be going Salah, San Antonio, possibly a City player, all, all ahead of uh, ahead of Bruno this week. Um, yeah, I mean Green, Greenwood and Bruno, I think are going to score points, and and uh, you know. Hopefully it's Greenwood and not Bruno from pers- from from a personal sp- perspective, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a medium, you know, sort of a, just above average fixture. Let's put it that way for for United attackers, and it's a bad fixture obviously for Wolves in terms of attack and defence. I've I've got Raul Jimenez just because of you know his potential from game week four onwards. So I'm kind of and I've got Luke Shaw in defence. So. I'm sort of, you know, if, if Wolves score, let's hope. For me, I'm hoping it's uh, it's Jimenez. And from an effective ownership point of view, I actually would quite like that because um, Jimenez is obviously very, very low percentage owned, whereas Luke Shaw's, I think, over 50% or something ridiculous. Yeah, so that, that that's the situation I spoke about, was it last week, I think, where I said when... Uh, when Ings was taking the penalty against Bachmann and I think, yes. okay, if Bachmann can save this, fair enough, I'll have to take a minus with Ings, but I'll get the points with Bachmann and then with the overall ownership, that will be, uh, you know, quite amazing. Exactly. I, and, you know, to, you know, we, we, we were just briefly talking about issues with and, and, and certain actions we'll need to take about our team. But the one that's kind of worrying me a little bit is uh, having Daniel Bachmann in my team. You know, Sanchez felt like such a boring pick initially. Maybe I was just trying to be different over there. So I, I put Bachman in. 
but yeah look i suppose you know what he'll have better fixtures and i'm, I'm just you know I, I was banking on him for the save points actually and uh, but they seem to just not do anything at the moment so yeah it, it's maybe one if i'm wild carding or whatever it's it, i might consider changing up there yeah i think i think it's interesting i mean i think we I think a Wolves keeper or a Leeds a Leeds keeper might be might, might be interesting options coming yeah. up. I know Wolves defensive fixtures are certainly very good. Yeah, and um, and, and the Wolves keeper Jose uh, or Jose because uh, Portuguese. Um, he he's been a save magnet. You know, he's got save points in both games so far. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I think I think those are for sure options. Um, if if Leicester start improving defensively, I think Schmeichel at five million is also a possibility yeah. that he falls into the to a similar bracket. I suppose so, if you don't have Shaw in your team, then a United keeper at five million could be an option as well. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you you have options out there, and I think I think Sanchez at the time. I think initially he's going to be great. Um, from game week four, Brighton's defensive fixtures do start dropping quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so at some point, I think you know you don't want to be making goalkeeper transfers. For me, Sanchez is a set and forget. If I wild card, then I'll start thinking, okay, who's the best keeper option? Do I want to upgrade to a five million uh, keeper? Do I want to stick at four point five? Um, those are sort of wild card decisions. I wouldn't be making goalkeeper transfers. There's just no reason to do it. Yeah, okay, so that brings to an end our Game Week 3 preview. Man, I hope it's a it's a cracking one again. I'm really hoping my um, you know my players can do it for me. Just for one more week with my three premiums, if they can come through for me, that would be amazing. But one of them has to go. <laughs> well let's let's hope it's another cracker. I, I, you know, it's been so so enjoyable watching all this football. Let's hope we have another cracker cracker um, weekend of, of goals. And yeah, let's hope Bruno doesn't score. Or, or is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. We'll catch up next week. Cheers, Greg. Brilliant. Thanks, Claude.